0: Hello, everybody, welcome to the Champions cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Smiterian, and as always, I'm joined by Taylor Wells. Uh, what's going on, dude? How was your vacation from the show last week? Uh, it was busy,
1: you know, busier than I expected it to be when it's supposed to be, you know, time off. But uh, we're back. We're feeling good. How about you?
0: Uh, doing good. I had uh, a nice little weekend getaway. Uh, last week, I went to the mountains and found out that the rock was in Calgary, Alberta, so I was you know driving around looking to see if I could uh spot him but never never did never did find him but uh, you know can't complain doing good. It's beautiful here in Calgary, so uh, I'm excited to talk about uh a very obscure and very odd game today. Would you say you couldn't
1: smell what the rock is cooking?
0: Uh, wherever he was, uh, no, I couldn't smell it, but he did He did post some cool pictures of uh, of Calgary and the surrounding mountain area, and a uh, fun little piece of trivia, the whole Seven Bucks production that The Rock owns, the, the Seven Bucks story is from a, from a time where he was so broke that he literally only had $7 in his pocket, and uh, that was Calgary, uh, he only had $7 in his pocket when he was living in Calgary, Alberta. So he used to play for our Canadian Football League team, and he got scratched, if you can believe it. He didn't even make the team. Damn. So, wait, quite is the, the turnaround there.
1: I I know this is probably really embarrassing, but is the Rock Canadian?
0: No, no, no. The Rock's from Miami. Okay. He was. Um, I don't. I can, I don't remember how he ended up playing in the CFL. I think he he originally wanted to play in the NFL, but got cut, and then he wanted to play in the CFL, and then like coming from a wrestling family Calgary's kind of like a wrestling city like with the hearts and everything like that so uh I, I guess I don't know he might have had some connections here and uh he he played for the stamps for a while actually for like maybe a couple weeks and then uh, didn't make the cut so but there is a team photo with Dwayne Johnson wearing a Calgary Stampeders jersey so you should check that out
1: hmm you learn something new fun every day a
0: little bit of uh a little bit of rock trivia for you here there we go um so, big, uh, big piece of news this week finally happens. Joker is finally live in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And uh, I guess to to start off, did you have a chance to, uh, to play as him yet?
1: I've not had a chance to play as him yet. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'll probably be able to uh, play him a little bit today. But I... To be honest, I think I was a little bit more excited for the the stage creator than than Joker, but that I think that's just more along the lines of. Uh, it's been a little bit since I played Persona. I think Persona Three was the last time I played. So,
0: yeah, I've uh, I've never played Persona, so I um, I'm coming in pretty pretty cold to Joker. Not cold as in I don't like him, but just I don't really know anything about him. Uh, but you weren't alone, actually, in um, not being able to play as Joker. I guess the servers were going haywire uh, the other night when people were trying to download the Fighters Pass and stuff like that, and nobody could actually like get Joker. the The eShop servers were down for like 24 hours or something like that. So yeah, I was they released about it. it, and then <laughs> yeah, nobody actually got to play as him. So um, it worked fine though if you had already purchased the Fighters Pass. Like I booted up Smash, and he was like, "Wham bam!" right there. So that's kind of cool.
1: Well, I have it, so hopefully, when I boot up my Switch later today, uh, uh, it'll be ready and waiting for me. But we'll see.
0: So I uh, I played a little bit as Joker, and he's he's pretty cool. I I think if I did play Persona Five, I would think that he is a little bit cooler. Obviously, just no not knowing anything about the character, he's very um, he's he's like a lightweight. Kind of, he uses knives and guns and stuff like that. He, he feels a lot like Bayonetta to me. Like, similar weight class, similar kind of moves with a little bit of maybe Robin from Fire Emblem. Kind of, uh, kind of magic-y touch with that. So um, is he very combo-heavy? He, pretty... Um, I, he's not, I guess he's not, like, super combo-heavy, but he has, like, a lot of similar special moves where, like, he, he can throw, his side B will throw kind of a, a little magic, thing that attacks people similar to robin's he um his his neutral special is like uh firing a gun kind of similar to bayonetta um and his down b is uh is almost like clouds limit break where he charges up and then like eventually he he summons his persona i guess and uh that adds like some extra extra juice to his attacks and stuff like that so it's pretty cool um when he i was... felt he felt like kind of pretty familiar i thought
1: oh okay yeah, when I was watching the trailer, uh, I was very interested in in kind of like the dualistic gameplay that they were showing off with him in his base form and then his his persona form. So it seemed interesting at the very least.
0: Yeah, it it wasn't like um, it wasn't like a, a big core gameplay mechanic when I was playing as him. Um, I ran through classic mode twice with him, and uh, really, I I think I only activated the um the persona like once like it charged up and then uh it it adds some extra oomph to your attack but it's nothing like it it doesn't change really anything about joker i i don't think like i'm sure his properties they're all stronger and stuff like that and it's probably a big thing competitively but like for the layman like me just playing as joker it was just like okay well this is kind of nice like my attacks have some extra extra pop to them but it was more or less the same i think like it was very comparable to cloud's limit break
1: Hmm, that's It's interesting that you say that because I feel like Cloud's limit break gives like a lot of incentive to, to get to it. And I feel like a lot of casual players will always be trying to get their limit break. Um, but the fact that you're saying that you didn't really ever use the persona for Joker, it seems like a little bit of a contrast to me.
0: Maybe. And, and it's probably because I was just like, I was playing classic. Like I wasn't actually smashing with anybody or anything like that. So, you know, those matches don't last very long. So you don't have a chance to build up to get your persona very right. often. So, I mean, that was, that was probably it too. Um, I, I it's just like, so I played as Joker and then I played, uh, I went into stage creator and I created a really God awful stage and I played as Piranha Plant after. And I was just like, man, I, I know that I was just, shit-talking prawn plant like over and over and over again but this guy is he's unique and he's fun and like joker kind of feels like he kind of feels like everybody else maybe not everybody else but he like he kind of feels like he belongs in that fire emblem kind of range where it's like they look similar they have similar stylings um i I don't know it's just like he's he's kind of he's he's cool but it was he, he just looks like it doesn't feel new or doesn't feel fresh in my opinion.
1: Well, we're definitely eating the stick since uh we both kinda crapped on Incineroar and and Piranha Plant and You know, I think yeah. I think we both love Incineroar and I haven't played Piranha Plant, but I think he's funny as hell and I, I always enjoy seeing him in a match.
0: I mean, it it is brutal that we have to eat all this crow, and on a principal level I still disagree with that. But <laughs> you know, I I guess I guess it's, like, that trade-off of, like, okay, you have all these really cool characters, but, you know, this this one just unfortunately feels a little bit similar to me. And, it, and maybe it wouldn't be so bad if there wasn't already, like, 16 Fire Emblem characters in. Like, you'd feel a little bit fresher. Sure. But, um, on the plus side, his final smash is awesome. It's really, really cool. It, like, it, it, it has all the other characters from Persona 5, and it kind of goes to that art style with, like, all the red and stuff like that. And then you see this, um... This like ninja star kind of grinding up against the your opponent in the background. It looks really awesome.
1: All right, I you know what I'm I'm looking forward to at least giving him a shot and seeing what what I can do with him myself.
0: Yeah, and hey, there's a bunch of new uh, Persona spirits, so that's pretty cool. So any spirit collectors out there like me, um, you know, you you finally have some new ones. I actually so, just picked yeah, up a Mega Man
1: spirit the other day and it's the enhanceable one to 99 and i got to level 95 with him and i'm out of spirit points so i gotta do some grinding
0: oh you gotta take him to the dojo oh. level him up there well yeah that's i actually i can't believe how much i enjoyed spirit mode like i i have all of the spirits yeah like all of them including the new persona ones and it was like it kind of reminded me of pokemon in a sense like evolving your your spirits and like trading for for different ones and then
1: summoning different ones too using different spirits
0: yeah
1: yeah it was fun yeah it it was much more enjoyable than the direct about it led us to believe i think
0: yeah yeah it didn't come off very well at all when they were talking about it. it seemed like incredibly boring um and maybe, yeah, it's probably just because of the, the way that the presentation was kind of formatted. I don't think there's a way to really explain that and make it sound exciting. You just kind of have to dive in yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I will say Joker Stage is pretty cool. Uh, it's called Mementos, and it, like, it can change colors. It's, uh, it's, you know, red or blue or green or yellow or whatever, and it looks, like, it looks very visually popping. Like, it looks really cool. So, um. You know I'm I'm super happy that Joker is in, and uh, it just makes me want to play Persona Five, and I really want to get it. But I also can't shake this feeling that Persona Five is going to come to the Switch, in which case I would just wait to get it on Switch. So it probably I hope that, that will.
1: comes true. It makes sense, right? I think so. I you know honestly I think all of the DLC characters that we're going to get for Smash are going to be from from games that are probably either debuting as a first time on on the Switch or or a Nintendo console, um, you know, or, or you know, mainstay classics but have never been in a Smash before. Because, you know, they they were always talking about how every every DLC character is going to be, like, um, a character that's uh, never...
0: Unexpected.
1: Right, has been unexpected. So, like... I feel with with Nintendo and the Switch specifically like delving into all these different, you know, franchises, you know, you got Mortal Kombat, you've got uh you know the Microsoft partnership, you've you've got now this with Persona. I I think, you know, it, there's there's a strong strong leading suspicion that maybe we might actually see Master Chief and I think we're definitely going to see Persona on the Switch at some point. Uh so who, who I would knows? also
0: just like to say that that we called Master Chief On this very show. About, I don't know, maybe like uh, 20 weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe more. So if that comes true, Champions Cast, we called it. You heard it here first. You know what's weird though? I mean, we're um, we're almost five months into the year. And we haven't had any new news on uh, another downloadable fighter. And there's still four to go. So, I mean, maybe we're just getting a bunch of them at E3. Well, they did uh, say that
1: it takes like what 3 or 4 months for them to develop a character
0: they did but they also said that they'd all be out within the year true so i mean like you you've got you've got until december cuz the game released in december and joker was announced pretty much immediately um so i mean we're we're almost at may now and it's like you've still got four to go so that tells me that there's not going to be very much time between announcement and you know they're actually ready to go which is which is odd because there was so much time between Joker's announcement and when he was ready to go.
1: Maybe they kind of just wanted to like get all their ducks in a row before they started releasing all that information and just wanted to be ready to say, "Okay, you know, we're we're letting you know, here's the first DLC character and here's the free uh, pre-order DLC character. Now you know." Mm-hmm. And then once once we've gotten those done and taken care of we're going to be so far along the development process that we'll be ahead of the game and we'll be able to tell you okay yeah this is what's coming out this is when it's coming out and boom there it is
0: yeah cuz i guess it was weird that we didn't really have um a traditional gameplay trailer for joker we just got like the cinematic right which uh, they did they did finally release one actually um like a couple days ago where you you get the flash card of joker it was I don't the know, day before I don't know what this wasn't thing it was yeah something like that so, here's hoping. Uh, I'm I'm really I'm really jacked for Nintendo's E3 this year. I think that this is going to be maybe the best E3 that they've had in a long, long, long time.
1: I I hope so. Uh, E3 I feel has kind of been I I wouldn't say stale the past two years, but I just think the gaming industry has been kind of going through this this reboot. Like there's been a lot of battle royale games taking over the scene for better or worse. And I think like the whole the whole industry is just taking kind of like a, a little breather to kind of get back on its feet. And now that we've got the switch out, we've got you know the news of the the PS five and the and the new Xbox system on the horizon. I think things are going to start ramping up pretty soon. Especially like you know we got Gears of War on the horizon as well. We've got um, the new the new Halo, Halo game. Yeah. yeah. Um, Master Chief for Smash exactly and then New Zelda supposedly is on the way we've got Link's Awakening remake we've got Cadence of Hyrule there's a whole bunch of stuff uh, you know on the right oh and The Last of Us 2 they, they just finished a production on that from what I heard
0: which is funny because Sony is skipping E three this year. But I mean I guess they've already showed off a ton of their titles coming out. So yeah. there's really nothing else to show if they're not gonna show off the PS five. And also to be so, fair, yeah.
1: their last year's Sony presentation, while the last of us two was great and seeing some of the um was it, Sekiro and uh, Ghost of Tsushima was, was pretty cool. Like it was it was a really it was not a great conference. Yeah, it was, for yeah, them,
0: it was so. pretty it was a pretty awkward conference. So there were moving rooms and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. And like, speaking of Cadence High Rule, that that I mean, that should be out before, I mean, pretty quickly, you would think, because they said what, spring 2019, and uh, according to my watch, spring ends at the end of May. I think that's fair to say that summer starts in June. So um, that's got to be coming out like pretty quick.
1: I think you and I are on the same page on that. We'll just see if the uh, if ye old Nintendo is on the same
0: page. Uh, and of course, we are gonna we are gonna be talking in depth about that when it comes out. But enough talk about Smash. Enough talk about E three. We're gonna get there eventually. Let's talk about something completely different. Um, Viewers and listeners of the show might remember me telling a story about how I uh, had a drug deal pickup for Tingle's Rosy Land. I am pleased to say that I am finished with Tingle's Rosy Land and uh, uh, Taylor has some questions, and I'm going to answer them to the best of my ability. So I'm going to turn the reins over to you, man. This is, uh, you're in control now.
1: Oh boy. Feels good.
0: Oh boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to put you through the ringer.
0: All right uh, well I am, I am ready so I'm assuming that a lot of people like me know what Tingle's Rosie Rupee line is but haven't really got a chance to experience it or, or really like, stick their teeth into what this game is so I'm hoping that I can clear some air here.
1: All right, sounds good. So why don't we start off by having you give us a general rundown of, of what this game is what you know when did it release uh, what, what's the kind of like typical gameplay? Give us the rundown. um,
0: So, this game is a 2006 uh, DS title, and it released in Japan and in Europe. And they decided not to bring it over to North America, even though they had the English translation already done for European audiences. Which, after playing it, I can understand why they didn't, but I also feel like it was kind of a missed opportunity. But um, it's obviously a, a Zelda spinoff starring Tingle. And the objective in the game is to build a tower. And to build this tower, this tower takes you to the mythical Rupee Land. So to build the tower, you have to feed Rupees to the tower. It's got like a little pond that you throw Rupees in. And Rupees are really like the core of the entire game. Rupees represent your health, uh, your your bartering power, your... Uh, basically everything revolves around Rupees. And it's it's kind of a... It's a super neat system actually because you don't you don't fight enemies in a typical like fashion you you basically get into scrums with them so you'd walk up to an enemy and it's like this hilarious looney Tunes dust cloud fight thing where like you get into this big scrum and um, you kind of see fists and legs popping out and stuff like that like it looks hilarious and for every for every like second that you're in the scrum, you lose X amount of rupees. So if you're fighting a really powerful enemy, you'll lose like 15 rupees, then 15 rupees, then 15 rupees. And then, uh, you know, if you, if you defeat the enemy after a little while, sometimes you can make that back with the rewards that you get, or sometimes they give you materials and stuff like that. Um, It's a really, it's really interesting concept and you can actually chain together these scrums so like you can you can walk up to one enemy and you can move the scrum over and pick up another enemy and then another and you get more rewards for the more people that are inside of the scrum uh, you can also hire bodyguards to give you some extra firepower for these so that you lose less rupees it's like it sounds kind of weird and i don't know if i explained it adequately it might just be best to go on youtube uh how combat works in tingles Rosie replan but it's actually like quite fun
1: so, do you always lose rupees in fights, or can you also win rupees?
0: Um, you always lose rupees, but you can win rupees as well. So, if you're fighting an enemy, typically they'll they'll drop some rupees after. Um, it's just a matter of how long it takes to beat the enemy. So, if you're the longer you're in the scrum, the more money that you lose, or the more rupees that you lose rather. If you hire a bodyguard, you can obviously spend far less time in the scrum, and then. The, the amount of rupees that you lose is halved. So typically, yeah, you'll get either rupees or you'll get resources to make stuff after.
1: That well, sounds pretty interesting so far. So I know that you got really interested into this game when you saw it being played at the marathon last year uh, with Locke. And so that leads me to ask, you know, what were your expectations for the game? Did it live up to them?
0: Um, I think that it, it definitely surpassed them. I, it's hard to say what my expectations were. This, like, really, when I got this game, I almost got it as a novelty or like a collector item.
1: Didn't um, know what just, to expect. Just to
0: have. Yeah, like, just to have, you know, like, I've, I've played every Zelda game except for the Tingle games, I think. Like, I've played, I've played a bunch of almost every single spinoff that has Link in it that I can think of. So this one was kind of missing from the pack. Um, so when I when I got it, I mean I heard that it wasn't very good, and uh, you know it, I I thought that it was actually quite fun, and I wasn't expecting a typical Zelda experience, and that's probably a good thing, because it definitely definitely doesn't offer you a typical Zelda experience. But for what it is, I thought that it was actually like it really fun, and I, I know that I I kind of always dump on the uh, the DS Zelda games, and Tingle's Rosie Rupeeland is a touch control like you you use the touch screen and and stuff like that to to move and do a lot of things too but it's also it implements a lot of like really different quality of life um, improvements that make it far less aggravating like you could actually move around with the d-pad and you just use the uh use the stylus to to do other little things and there's not like a million items or anything like that so you don't have to constantly change and constantly Go over that. That's what I was actually worried about the most. Was that it would be a touch like a screen game, and I would just be like, "Ugh, not another DS Zelda," you know? Right. So yeah, I would say it's, I would say it surpassed expectations.
1: Well, that's really good, and it kind of leads us into my next question. With you know, you were speaking about how it's pretty different. So how different is the game from your typical mainstream Zelda? And in what ways? Um, well,
0: I mean, like like it's far different. Like the combat alone's really. Um, sets it apart Um, it's again it's hard to adequately explain how combat works in that game I would would really just encourage people to go and like youtube it quickly just to see what I'm talking about but the scrums are definitely really different Um, it's different too in that rupees rupees really are like the core of that game like they represent your health you uh, you get rewarded for it. it and it's really it's really neat and it's hard to play this game without a walkthrough, which I did for the first half, but basically there are certain instances where you need to you need to pay somebody for a certain item, but you have no idea how much they want. So for example, if somebody is selling you a recipe for something and they want 50 rupees, if you were to give them, if you were to guess and say 40 rupees, they would say, "No way, I'm not selling that to you," and keep your 40 rupees, and you'd have to do it again. Or conversely, if you were, if they wanted that for 50 rupees, and you said, "Here's 100," they would say, "Wow, thanks," and they would keep all 100 or whatever. Like, there's no listed price, so it's, it's kind of this weird um, guessing game almost, and like, it's it's it feels like gambling almost in a sense because you're like, "God, I hope I'm not overpaying." Um, and when you get to the to the latter stages of the game, like you're talking thousands of rupees sometimes, like. Um, so you can and you. On the flip side of that too, when you do something for people, you uh, you can ask for a reward basically. So it's just like, I remember very early in the game, I uh, I did something nice for somebody and I asked for a hundred rupees, and uh, the guy the guy said like, oh phew, that's it, that's all right, here you go. And I remember I looked it up after and I could have got like a thousand from him, and I was just like, ugh. Ooh. So it's 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 very like. What a missed opportunity. Yeah, I guess it could be, yeah, it's almost like a game of chance in a sense. Um, you know, I was talking to Locke when I was playing it, and he was pretty surprised that I wasn't using a guide for it. And eventually I broke down and did just because like towards the latter stages of the game, like you have to, you have to have a ton of rupees. And so you have to really know how much to ask for. But um, it's it's kind of a thrill because it's like this weird slow animation of Tingle's face and like creeping up a little bit closer to the screen as he's asking for rupees or, or demanding rupees from people. So that was pretty fun. Um, That's such a beautiful. It's got. Image. It's it's actually like hilarious to see Tingle's face and and everything in this game. Um, it does have a few dungeons in it which feel very Zelda-like actually. So uh, there's not there's not a whole lot. I think there's maybe like three or four dungeons, but they they get progressively better as the game goes on. Um, it's they I mean they they wouldn't stand up to your typical you know Legend of Zelda dungeons. They've got their own kind of vibe to them. But well, what are they like? Uh, I, there were they're, I mean, I guess they are like regular Zelda dungeons. Like there are, there's puzzles and stuff to do in them, but there's not. There's not really, like, an emphasis on combat or mini-bosses or, or bosses or anything like that. They do feature boss battles at the end of them, though, which is really fun. And they, they're they kind of weird, because, like, the boss battle will appear in a big treasure chest, and you can go into the treasure chest and battle the boss as often as you want. So you pay about, I don't know, 100 rupees to enter. And, and in, when you're fighting the boss, you actually have different... You, you do have, like, a set life scale. So you'll either have, like, a set amount of balloons, or you'll have, like... One boss is like this hilarious, like Street Fighter esque kind of parody where Tingle and this uh, this other guy have like uh, a life bar and stuff like that, and it's like these boss fights are like super absurd, like Tingle's flying around on balloons and dropping bombs, or like you're having this Street Fighter fight, and it's just like they're they're super fun, but they're also like <laughs> they're they're very much like what you'd expect to find in Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land. They're they're super ridiculous. Um, the final boss is also. I won't spoil anything, but it's like it's super great, and it's like a super <laughs> fun, I guess, uh, way to end the game on a very tingle note. But um, the dungeons are really good. they They're not gonna they're not gonna stump anybody. I don't think it's just like some of them are. They get a little bit longer, but they're not necessarily harder. Um, and again, like the when you the whole the whole thing is like you have to keep your rupees high rather than your life high. So it's it's kind of like an interesting. It's kind of an interesting concept because to keep your rupees high, you actually have to spend your rupees on bodyguards, which makes going through the dungeons a lot easier. So, there, um, that's probably the most Zelda-like part of this game. Otherwise, it's it's very much its own thing. Like you're you're traversing an overworld, but it's not it's not really laid out in like a box like um, a Link to the Past would be, for example. It's more so like a straight line where like the higher that your tower gets, the uh, the more areas that you can go to. So. When you feed your tower enough rupees, it'll unlock a new area and you can go explore that. And they're kind of interconnected by a bridge that lets you cross from one area to the next. But there's only one point of entry. So it's it's not like an interconnected world. It's more so probably fair to say that there are levels. So it's it's different, but there, there are times when, you know, it kind of feels Zelda-ish. Actually, there's one dude who has like a boombox and he plays like the Zelda little jingle whenever you figure something out. So that's kind of fun.
1: Sounds almost like Oracle of Ages. Kind of with Amby's Tower?
0: Uh, yeah, kind of. I can see that. I could see that being a fair comparison, yeah.
1: Oh. I mean, so far, this game sounds pretty good. Um, you mentioned earlier that you 100%ed the game, correct?
0: I did, yes.
1: All right. Was it worth it? And how long did it take you?
0: Um, I think I probably spent like 30 hours, maybe. 30 hours 100%ing the game. Um, I thought it was worth it because it was really fun. So there's um, there's a few different things that you can do to uh, to get full completion on this game. Um, there's uh, there's collectibles hidden around the world called the rupee goods. So they're just like basically they're just like little trinkets that Tingle can decorate his attic with, and uh, they're they're just like little mementos and stuff like that. And you can get them by doing a couple different things. You you just like find them in hard to reach spaces or you get rewarded for them for finishing like a couple side quests or just stuff like that so there's I think there's about 32 of them or something like that in the game um so I I went out of my way to get all of those because if you if you get all them you get a ridiculous ridiculous special scene uh towards the end of the game um which I'll elaborate on when you ask me what was the weirdest thing in this game and uh, there's also recipes that you can find in this game. So, recipes will either like heal you or heal your bodyguard, or they will um, kind of give you a little bit more more juice, a little bit more power. Or you could just make recipes and sell them to people um, as like local specialties. So finding all the different ingredients for those recipes and finding the actual recipes themselves is one of the side quests. So when you do, um, that's that's like a big part of the. The side quest ended. Um, that's what that's probably like the biggest side quest in the game is, is finding all the recipes. And then there are, I thought Majora's Mask had a lot of jars, but there's like, I think 23 jars that you can find in Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land. So um, I, I went in and found all of those and like nothing was too, too hard to find. So it's not like, it's not like it was a, an arduous quest, but it, was, like it 5, was still fun. So those Clorox. were like the big three that, that I did. And I would, I would say it was worth it.
1: Okay, cool. Well, you did uh, already kind of hint at it, but we'll we'll ask the preceding question first, which of course is, what was the most interesting thing that you encountered or that happened to you while playing the game?
0: Um, Interesting, like, like plot-wise, or just interesting, like, huh, this is funny?
1: Well, interesting in, like, something unexpected that you, you didn't really think would happen or you know that you you just did not expect and and found really interesting coming from a tingle game
0: Mm, i mean pretty much the whole thing was really interesting i remember like uh when i when i saw the first boss battle which had like the street fighter kind of parody of it i thought that was hilarious and i wasn't expecting that and that was actually like super super fun um the final battle kind of has like some Star Fox stuff going on and it's like if this sounds weird, it really is, like, <laughs> it's really, it's really, really strange, um, interesting, I, I think, like, meeting, meeting all of the people and all of the characters in this game, it's, like, I can't describe it, it's almost like they have, like, this slender man quality to them, like, they're all kind of weird and awkward and, like, creepy, but, like, uh, I, I don't know, they were just, like, they, they were, the definition of interesting and like interacting with all these different people and they always have like the the game makes all these super weird noises for everybody too which makes it even more strange so i mean really the whole thing is just like a strange experience um was everybody just wacky or
1: like were there some kind of normalish characters that you would you expect to find in maybe like a regular zelda game
0: I, i mean there were some characters that were more normal than others but uh but normal I would say nine. everyone was yeah everyone was pretty wacky in this game probably the best character in this entire game is Uncle Ruby who's <laughs> like he, he's the guy that that comes down and tells Tingle that he can become a Tingle actually so fun, so fun fact a sidetrack here you actually start this game off and you and you name your character as whatever you want so I named my character Spiteri. and uh, Tingle is actually a name that is bestowed on him from Uncle Rupee. So a little fun piece of tingle trivia for you there. It's not actually his name; it's a title. Lore fact. So Uncle Rupee, yeah, Uncle Rupee is the guy that um, that basically says like, you know, you can go to Rupee Land if you, uh, if we, <laughs> where you'll meet all the girls and you never have to work a day in your life if you if you like feed this tower rupees. And you just like every time you feed him rupees, you see a more and more hilarious version of Uncle Rupee. And he's like, he's kind of he he's got the Hugh Hefner thing going on where like. He's got the fur coat. You always see him in a hot tub full of girls and stuff like that. So that was oh my that goodness. was Oh really funny. Um, here's another interesting, actually, little piece of trivia. And help me out, because I, now I can't, of course, remember what they're called. Who are the little dudes called in Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons that live underground? The Subrogians? Those are... Subrogians, yeah, yeah, Subrogians. So a little piece of trivia on them, which I was not expecting to find in Tingle's Rosy Rupeeland. But... Um, you get a line from one of them that says, like, do you all, do you wonder why we wear hoods? And uh, you say yes. And then they say they were cursed by a dark wizard for um, helping the hero uh, overcome the dark wizard. So we curse them to live in shadow for the rest of their life. And that's why they have to wear hoods, which I thought was interesting. It's not really, like, the kind of lore that you expect from this kind of game.
1: So is that supposed to be, like, a reference to Ganondorf?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, either, there, there are a couple references to Link and Ganondorf, like in and throughout the game. There's not a whole lot, but um, they're they're definitely around here and there. I, I don't
1: know if I'd be so certain as to take that as canon, considering that I think Ganondorf is supposed to be dead during Oracle of Ages and Seasons, which is why Kumi and Kataka are trying to revive him. But hey, that is really cool that you would find something like that in Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land,
0: right? Like not really what you're expecting to find, like yeah. pieces to add to. Uh, to the Hyrule Historia, there <laughs>
1: very interesting. What was the weirdest thing? Probably... I know that's that's a hard hard question to ask when we're talking about Tingle, but we got to dig deep here and, and ask the real questions.
0: Hmm. So the weirdest thing. All right, this is. This requires some setup. So you have you have a companion named Pinkle. Have you ever seen pictures of Pinkle?
1: No. All
0: right. So you have a uh, you you have a, a companion named Pinkle, as she is a lady that wears a pink, very suggestive, ting- tingle uniform, and uh, she is Uncle Rupee's assistant. And I'm gonna delve into some spoilers here. So just um, if you don't want this spoiled for you, then fast forward about two minutes. But, um, so if you collect all of the rupee goods and, and Pinkle, I should mention too, communicates to you via like, um, uh, satellite TV, basically she, she communicates with you on the radio and stuff like that. So if you, if you collect all the rupee goods, you can go and unlock this room in like the final level of the game. And inside is Pinkle. And she's like, um, oh, thank you for freeing me from uncle rupee. Who's actually kind of like the bad guy of the game and uh she says like she says like come and let me give you a reward and so tingle like very slowly and very awkwardly creeps up towards pinkle and blows up his balloon and you know how most games would kind of be subtle in what's going on in that instance where like peach kisses mario on the cheek or something like that right so tingle blows up his balloon the screen turns red and pink and like starts throbbing is really only the best word that i can describe oh this my as gosh. and and you hear tingle make a bunch of sounds that could probably not appropriate for a game that's not rated m for mature and uh this lasts for like <laughs> it lasts for like 30 seconds and then the balloon deflates and tingle's hat is off and his cheeks are even redder and Pinkle's like thanks, Tingle, and then that's that. So I was like, what am I watching? Oh, my. That... Yep. It was, uh, the strangest thing in that game, which is really saying something, because there's a lot of strange shit in there.
1: I feel like Nintendo <laughs> kind of just went, you know, balls to the wall with, with Tingle's ro- Rosie Land and including like, as much thing, as many things as they could just possibly get away with. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it it was like and that's that's exactly one of the reasons that i understand why they didn't release it in north america because of that like <laughs> that kind of uh scene right there i think really encapsulates why this game was probably a japan only and european only kind of game um yeah it was it was uh it was odd oh well, yeah
1: i mean and also the fact if you look at it, you know, is actually a really popular character in Japan. And I've mentioned this before in the show, but in, in the U.S., uh, that is that is not so much the case. So that that definitely contributed to their decision there, I'm sure.
0: Um, I will say about Tingle, uh, this is my theory for the most part about why they didn't release it here. I, I think that Nintendo maybe thought that the american audience kind of only relates with heroes that are like big strong masculine heroes whereas tingle is pretty much the complete opposite of all of that he's kind of like this this awkward um emancipated little guy yeah i mean even the back of the box art says like tingle is 35 and still lives at home they're just like they're burying poor tingle on the back of this box right <laughs> so i i think that maybe they thought that people wouldn't relate with that but there is something to be said about like this hero who's not very heroic He's he's not very muscular. He doesn't really look like a hero, but he's still going on this journey anyways. So I th- I think that they I think that they missed the boat on that a little bit. But I definitely understand. I'm like ninety nine percent
1: sure that just describes most Americans right there. So
0: <laughs> right. So yeah, it's uh, I I I get why they didn't, but I wish that they would have released it here. Cause, but yeah, there is just there's a lot of strange stuff like that in there. You heard it here Lots first, folks. Stuff.
1: Everybody can relate to Tingle.
0: Hey, he's he's the hero that we deserve. Hey, exactly. Maybe not the one that we need, though. <laughs> so, how hard is
1: this game, comparatively speaking, to like a main title Zelda game?
0: Uh, I wouldn't say it's like that hard. But I also, I guess, I wouldn't say most Zelda games are that hard. Um, I I think only towards the beginning will you ever possibly run out of rupees. There, there are certain points, I guess, where it's like. You're very low on rupees, and you're like, oh man, I got I got to grind and collect some stuff to build my rupees back up. But um, I I don't know that I'd ever say that I had a hard time with it. Now I'll also preface that with saying that like probably about halfway through I broke down and started using the guide, and without the guide I would have been completely boned. So it, it's it's extremely hard if you're just guessing all of the all of the bargaining numbers and stuff like that. Um, I couldn't I couldn't even imagine playing it without that guide actually so So i guess in that sense it it could be quite hard
1: if you run out of rupees is that just like game over or is there always a way to to earn more
0: no if you run out of rupees it's game over i mean there is there is a way you know of course always to earn more rupees but like if you hit zero rupees it's game over and you go back to your last save state there's it's most games now will have like you know, kind of an auto save where you'll go back to the start of a dungeon or whatever. Like this is just a straight up like you go back to the last time you saved.
1: That sounds a lot like Adventure Link. Almost.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
1: Huh. I mean that in and by itself seems like could be could be quite difficult, honestly. Like, you know, as you're saying, without a guide you you might have been a little lost there. So I don't know. That
0: Yeah. I, I just, I can't imagine, it's almost like playing the original Legend of Zelda, it's like, the game is almost unplayable for the first time if you don't have a guide, right, because it's just like, so random where to go, and like, the, the numbers in Tingles, Rosy Land are so random, like, there's no, there's no indicator of like, what you should ask for for someone as a reward, or what something costs, or no anything rhyme like that, or reason. So, Yeah, it would either be a lot of trial and error, like, saving, shutting off, guessing, you know, stuff like that, or you're just going to use a guide.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that that seems pretty daunting, I think, to to go in first hand with, but uh I don't know. At the same time, like just hearing all the different kind of just oddities and the fact that it's a tingle game and it's still a Zelda game, just, just it makes it all that more appealing, I guess you could say. At least in my mind.
0: I would like I would totally recommend that you try and track this bad boy down it's like it's kind of expensive it's 100 bucks to order on amazon i checked and i got it for a little bit of a better deal but um yeah it's 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 really fun
1: i'm gonna need all your secret back alley drug dealing contacts in order to grab this this sucker
0: yeah no kidding well um,
1: does it play similarly to any other games that you like or dislike
0: um, it, it doesn't it doesn't play like when you're in dungeons it, it you know it, it plays similarly enough to Zelda when you're on the main screen it doesn't I wouldn't say that it plays a whole lot like any other game that I can think of off the top of my head but I will say that it has some definite WarioWare vibes like cuz you know you know how that game kind of has like weird characters and and Wario's kind of like he's a weird guy himself in Smash like he'll use his fart as a as an attack or whatever, it's got some definite WarioWare vibes to it where, like, it's just, if things are a little bit weird, which is another reason I was surprised why they didn't release it in North America, because, like, I feel like if you're releasing WarioWare, you might as well release Tingle's Rosy Land, especially because the English translation is already done. I mean, at the very least,
1: we should have a Tingle skin for Wario and Smash.
0: Like, seriously, it's very, I don't know, I, I, got, I really got the WarioWare vibes for it. Um, I, I, think that if like, cause keep in mind back in 2006, digital games, especially on Nintendo consoles were, were kind of in their infancy. So I think that if they would have had a platform to release this title digitally only, that they definitely would have done it. Um, but I guess, you know, I guess not. It is what it is. I think, I, I think if they did it, I think if they did it today, this would be a digital only game and it would be released like worldwide. I think it would be a hit. Yeah, you know it's a fun game. I, that's that's the thing that surprised me the most about this game was just how much fun I had with it. And um, you know, I I kind of heard from people like, like it's not that it's not that good. And, and you know, if you're looking for a Zelda experience, it, it you know, it probably isn't really that good. But um, I I had a blast with it. I sunk, you know, it wasn't too long. It wasn't too short. It was just the right amount of time. It was super weird. It was super strange, which is kind of what I was hoping for for a tingle game. So I would really. If you can get your hands on it, I really recommend it, and uh, if you can't, you should go and check out Locke's speedrun of it because this guy finished it in, like, four and a half hours, which is absolutely bonkers. I wasn't even done the first level in four and a half hours. Absolute
1: madness is what it is. All right, well, we're getting down to the last couple of questions. So I think it's fair to say that you and I are not quite on the same page as i guess many many Americans and possibly Canadians in their opinions of tingle i think we we both kind of view him a little bit more favorably but uh, after playing through his game has your opinion of tingle improved or gotten worse
0: uh, i definitely like i like the the rosy version of tingle more than the actual zelda version of tingle like i don't really like him in um... Wind Waker, I think that he is okay in Majora's Mask, and then the rest of the games that he's in, he's just kind of there as like almost a reference. This game kind of gave him, you know, it gave him some meat on the bone. He uh, he was just like kind of a lonely dude who was who was rising to the occasion and fought off this you know this evil guy. So uh, yeah, I like I like Tingle more after this. You know, I I think that like the the Tingle's Rosie Rupealand version of Tingle is my definitive Tingle. Like when I think of Tingle, I think of this guy
1: would you say that it's probably the zelda character you expected the least to enjoy the uh additional character growth that
0: this game gave him i mean yeah maybe like it's after playing i mean after playing wind waker i didn't like tingle at all so i would have been surprised that they would have even made this game first of all and then you know, because uh, of all the characters that you can choose to do a Zelda off in, Tingle is, like, <laughs> you know, probably not the first choice or the first person you think of. But, um, you know, I, I think that it was, like, it was kind of a case of, like, when you have low expectations, it's easy to surpass them.
1: That's fair. And, you know, <laughs> I, I think most people going into this game would have pretty low expectations, so... It's Maybe that was Nintendo's goal the whole time. They're just like, well, we'll create this game about a character that probably only about three people care about. Well, that's not true, because as I said, in Japan, a lot of people actually really like Tingle, so... Maybe, maybe that whole thing goes Which out the I window. Could, I could see. Yeah, it, I, yeah I think he, it makes more sense, like, as a marketing thing, like, if they were to do that in the U.S. Like, nobody expects anything of this game, but if they happen to pick it up, they're getting their money's worth, and Nintendo is, too.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, with that being said, would you want another Tingle game?
0: Um, I, I've like, I 100% would. Um, I'm actually... So there's a couple Tingle games that were made, and uh, you know Tingle's Rosy Rupee was the only one to get an English translation and get released in in Europe. Um, the other two, unfortunately, are just Japanese releases. So I, it's called like uh, color changing Tingle's Balloon Trip of Love, mm-hmm. which is yep. a spectacular title. So I'm um, I'm actually working on getting the English translation of that uh, right now. There's a really awesome fan project from um, Tingle Translation, and they translated the whole game. And uh, it, I think that this game kind of plays similarly, but kind of not because it's almost like a dating sim in a way. So uh, I'm very I'm very excited to <laughs> dive into that one eventually because I can only imagine how wacky that will be. But yeah, I would totally be down for another Tingle game. I thought I thought that they were like I thought they were really fun. Um, and I made an April Fool's Day post a couple weeks ago that said like freshly picked Tingle's collection is coming to uh, the Switch eShop, and man, I wish that were true because I would be totally all over that. I would, I would love it, and I would love for like, you know, more people to be to be able to experience Tingle's Rosy Reapy line because I had a blast. And you know
1: what? That's the most important thing. And I think honestly, like if if we can find that kind of enjoyment out of a Tingle game, like. Maybe there really is no wrong Nintendo can do with Zelda.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely an audience for, for that game over here, um, and it's it's not like it's, it's not like it's a bad game. And I feel like like if you're if you're gonna release Cadence of High Rule, like what's the what's the harm in you know maybe translating this and seeing how it does? Or I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Tingle's Rosy Rupealand on the Switch eShop like one day. Because, I I mean, it's already, it's ready to go, so why not?
1: I wonder how difficult it would be to port
0: it. I mean, it would probably be difficult. You would need, um, you know, you might have to play it vertically on the Switch, and you'd probably have to do something with the, uh, you know, with the touch controls. So, I I mean, I I guess it wouldn't be a simple, like, a super simple process, but I'm still hopeful.
1: You know, I'm right there with you. But that's all the questions I, I've got for you on this one. I and I think you you did actually a marvelous job of explaining this game, considering how crazy Thank I you. think it's... it is.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, there. I mean, there are certain things that I I feel like when I'm explaining them, I didn't quite get the get the whole thing across. So like, you should just check out a speed run of this game or something like that. It's it's just like absolutely bonkers. But. Um, But, you know, I had a really, I had a really fun time with it. And I think that if you can, if you can get your hands on a copy of it, it's, it's really a worthwhile experience because it's definitely, definitely unlike any other Zelda game. That is for sure.
1: I'm going to steal Locke's (laughs) copy at the marathon. How
0: about that? I, I was trying to, uh, to butter Moss up to lend me his copy of Tingle's Rosary Rupee Land, but, uh, I don't think he was picking up what I was putting down there. Uh Uh-oh. Um, yeah, if. If you're listening to this, Moss, I still love you though. Don't worry. Well, um, is there so yeah, else but that's
1: you wanted to, to no, I, add on to this. I'm
0: I am I am all tingled out. I will say <laughs> that there is a companion piece uh, that is going to be either be up on the day that you're listening to this or uh, coming out very very shortly after. So I'm going to have some more uh, long form thoughts about Tingle's Rosy Rupe here. So we are just we're all about Tingle this week on Zelda the dungeons. So go and uh, check that out. But. Um, yeah uh, that's gonna do it for us uh for us this week any parting thoughts any any uh easter easter plans taylor
1: i think we need to get a marathon shirt either for you or me or somebody or or Locke even that just has like tingle the hero we we need or the hero we deserve
0: i would wear that shirt
1: i would wear I'm it too we should be team tingle
0: that might be going a little bit far. I'd wear the shirt. I don't know if I could call myself Team Tingle. What
1: about Team Uncle Rupee?
0: Yeah, I definitely Uncle Rupee. Uncle Rupee is a, is a gangster in that in that game.
1: All right. Um, we'll we'll have to get those enough.
0: those designs
1: in the works in the works.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh. Thank you so much for listening to the champions cast and uh hearing us talk about tingle for what seems like forever uh again can't put the game over enough check it out if you're available to get it or if it's available for you to get um but yeah we're out of here this week we are wishing you guys a very happy easter we hope that you had uh, a great weekend with family and friends and ate lots of turkey and lots of uh, chocolate easter eggs so happy
1: passover too
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, happy, just, uh, just a happy, a happy week of festivities to everybody, uh, all around. Um, definitely head over to Podbean. Head over to iTunes like subscribe comment uh if you got a friend that is into zelda if you got a friend that's into tingle baby you tell them about the champions cast because we delivered a home run episode for them this week that's gonna do it for us Uh, if you head over to twitter you can find me at spateri 316 you can find taylor at gif underscore bluehawk. we are out of here and we'll see you back here next week also don't forget to check out virtual theater because it's an
1: awesome additional podcast by andy
0: thanks
1: taylor appreciate that yeah you
0: did a great job you did a great job hosting by the way oh thank you I feel like we're back into that secret territory now where people may have shut this off but they, they may still be listening
1: the secret podcast
0: where you can do or say anything that you want uh oh well stay safe Roll everybody tight. we love you we're out of here we're out of here